Welcome to the First Baptist Church Keller Sermon Podcast. Each week we make available sermons from Pastor Keith and our staff on our website, fbckeller.org. And on iTunes, search for First Baptist Church Keller TX in the iTunes Store or in the podcast app on your mobile device. And now here's our Associate Pastor for Missions and Evangelism, Lawrence Duhon. I'm grateful for, to Pastor Keith for the opportunity to share God's Word with you today. And just as I begin, you might be wondering what's been going on in some of our missions and evangelism ministry over the past few months since the lockdown began. And I'd like to share just a few brief things with you to kind of keep you updated. In Nepal, for example, people, especially the poorest ones, have been suffering greatly through this uh, lockdown time because they've been prevented from working. And our church has sent uh, thousands of dollars to help feed needy families. And we've been able to assist especially pastors' families. And recently, a family in eastern Nepal came to Christ uh, from a Hindu background. And uh, some of their fellow uh, villagers kicked them out of their their place, their house. And uh, our church, through our partners there, has been able to help build them a new house and help them get established on their faith in the new place. Also, you've heard much troubling news out of Portland, Oregon in the last hundred plus days, but a good news coming out of there is that uh, a church that we're helping sponsor, Redemption Church, is uh, getting ready to start next Sunday their very first public service. And we're grateful that the gospel will be going out there in such a spiritually dark place. Also, Foundation Baptist Church, uh, uh, which was started back in September of 14th out in Euless, uh, became fully autonomous and is on their own, started as of July the 1st of this year. In Alaska, our partner Jeff Sulfridge has been able to uh, build a Sunday school room onto a church building in Tanacross and the Athabascan village there, and even some of the chairs that uh, we replaced here at our church are now up in Alaska being used in some of those villages as they are across the border in Nuevo Laredo, and we need to pray for one of our churches, our partner churches down there who lost their pastor recently uh, due to COVID. Our last mission trip before the lockdown was in March to Seville, Spain, and uh, since that time, everything has kind of been very, very different, but the gospel has been going out more and more, even through online church, and some people came and watched the service and studied the Bible online that would never come in person there and have heard the gospel and some have even been baptized since then. In Italy, Aaron and Grace Ogburn continue editing new Bible translations and ministering to refugees. And in Indonesia, our church sent funds to help build a church in a village on the, in the jungles of Borneo and, and that church is now proclaiming the gospel. But we're grateful to be a part of God's work as a church. Your faithful giving has enabled us to continue to support our partners and missionaries, even though we haven't been able to go out personally for most of this year. As Pastor Keith was concluding his messages in Daniel, we learned a lot about the end times. And our task of getting the gospel to all nations is becoming more and more urgent as we see increasing signs of Jesus' return. Today, We look at our role as Christ's ambassadors. He is our king, and he has appointed each one of us as his representatives wherever we go. When I was living overseas as a missionary in Albania, 
The United States Embassy represented to me a little piece of home. I was living in a country that had recently emerged from decades of communism, and our embassy was like a lighthouse of freedom and democracy to that part of the world. I went to the embassy to vote in the 1996 presidential election. In 97, when anarchy broke out throughout Albania, some of my friends fled to the U.S. Embassy for protection and were airlifted out of the country by Marines. I was also privileged to visit the U.S. Embassy in Senegal, West Africa, and that was refreshing. It was like going to an island of home in a country that was very, very different. And in the same way, God wants us to be outposts of heaven right where we are. That's what it means to be an ambassador to Christ. He's placed you here to be an outpost of heaven. And when people come and see you, they, they should see his kingdom living and breathing. So what is our job as ambassadors? We communicate the values and requirements of our Lord to a culture and a people that is hostile to him. We're not sent out to spread our own thoughts and values to a lost sinful world, but those of our Lord. There's nothing more foreign to a holy God than sinful, rebellious people. Yet he has sent us with a message to his enemies, which is really anyone who rejects Christ, that he offers a restored relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Let's examine 2 Corinthians 5, verses 11 through 21, to learn some essential things that we need to do to become effective ambassadors for Christ. Follow along as I read those verses. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences. We are not again commending ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, and therefore all died. And if he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died, and was, rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The first thing we need to do to become effective ambassadors for Christ is to have a deep relationship with and understanding of the one we represent. Look back there at verse 11 
where he begins by saying, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. The fear of the Lord means that we have a continual awareness of God's holiness, God's presence in our lives, and his coming judgment. We realize that God sees and knows everything about us, and we seek to live each day with a clear conscience. You see, you notice there he talks about the conscience in verse 11 toward the end. That means not hiding anything from God. Certainly we can't do that. And not trying to hide things from men living a two-faced life. That certainly is not the characteristic of an ambassador for Christ. A big hindrance to sharing our faith is sin in our own lives. So we must cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles our body and spirit and grow in holiness as we fear the Lord. That same concept you can write down, 2 Corinthians 7.1. I quoted most of that verse. I won't read it again, but when we want to please God and fear Him, we must cleanse ourselves. And go down to verse 21. We're kind of skipping around a little bit, but we'll certainly be back to the other verses. Verse 21 is a summation of the gospel. It says, He made Him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That is the best deal anyone can ever get. Trading our sin for the righteousness of Christ. God initiated the reconciliation with people by sending Jesus to take the punishment for our sins. Jesus, who was sinless, took all of mankind's sin upon himself so that the people could be clothed in God's righteousness through him. That's why it's called the good news. We trade the bad for the great. In order to represent the Lord well as his ambassadors, we must know what he says, know his thoughts. So we study his word intently and know his character, and we're very familiar with his standards. Remember, as his ambassadors, we're not telling our opinion. We're telling the world what he says. So when we speak to others, it should be with his words because we have hidden them in our hearts. And part of our role as God's ambassadors is to stay in close communication with him to get our marching orders every day. You know how it is when you go to work, you kind of wonder, your boss tells you what the plan is for that day, if that's the kind of job you have. Um, that's the way it is with us. We must start every day off asking the Lord for his direction that day and listening to him. We do this by being faithful in prayer and allowing him to guide us as we interact with others. The second thing we need to do to be effective ambassadors for Christ is to understand our role. As Mary read the scripture a minute ago, it says, how can they call on him in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear unless someone tells them or someone preaches to them? Our role is to be the spokesperson. Let's look back at verse 12. And it says, uh, we are not again commending ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. Here we must realize that we're not 
lifting ourselves up. The focus is not on us as the messenger or the ambassador. The focus is on Christ. On Wednesday night, we read a verse in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 that says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. The treasure is God's word and God's power flowing out through us who are the jars of clay, just the empty vessels that he uses. We must never forget that it's not about us. During that time, Paul was being attacked by a faction who opposed him in Corinth, but he left it to the Corinthians to defend him instead of doing it himself. We too must live with a clear conscience and allow our character and our good works to defend us when the world slanders us. And then in verse 13, it says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. And when we act according to God's will, the world often considers us out of our minds. Paul said that he was happy to be considered beside himself, or another way of putting it, out of his mind, in order to fulfill the Great Commission. We can't let what other people think about us Stop us from doing what God has commanded us to do. And skip down a little bit to verse 15, where he says, And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. When we surrendered our lives to Christ, we gave him control. That means that we now live for him not to please ourselves. That's a concept that takes a very long time to sink in in the process of sanctification. Jesus uh, said a similar thing where he said in Luke 9, 23, whoever would follow me must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Another place in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, Paul says, I die daily. That is a, an essential part of being an ambassador and knowing our role is that it, we must die to ourselves and let Christ live through us. As his ambassadors, our lives now belong to him. The third part of being an ambassador for Christ is connecting with God's heart. Let's look at verse 14 where it says, For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, and therefore all died. As Mary quoted to Ray Comfort and others a moment ago, she said, don't pray for more boldness, pray for more love. And when we have the clear picture of what Christ has done for us, his love for us, it's poured out, it's given us everything, our lives will flow so much with gratitude that we want to share that good news with everyone around us. That's what really pushes us out to do it. It's more, more than any kind of guilt or sense of duty. It's that love for Christ, that love for the lost that compels us to share the gospel. When we allow ourselves to be burdened for lost people with the same passion that God has for them, it will give us more of a sense of urgency and a compulsion to share with them. Without this burden, we will ignore the danger of eternal judgment that faces unsaved people. When we do not share the gospel, even though Jesus has commanded us to do that, we commit the sin of silence. The sin of silence. Failing to do what we know to do 
The Bible says that is sin. Ezekiel 3.18, which I'll read now, warns us about this. Let's read that. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. That is a somber thing that God will hold us accountable for the blood of those in our lives who die in their sins because we did not warn them of God's judgment and give them the message of reconciliation. When I first found that verse and it sunk into me years ago, it's never let go. That's one verse that it, it, it always out there in the back of my mind that God's going to hold me accountable for those in my life that he's placed there in their salvation, at least for sharing with them. What would you do if you looked out your bedroom window in the middle of the night and saw flames coming up from your neighbor's house? Would you say, it's late, so I don't want to bother them? No, you'd get up and pound on the door and keep doing it until they came and, and got out, got that message about the fire, no matter what they might think of you. This is the same task that we have as Christ's ambassadors. We must not worry about what people think of us as we share with them the urgent message about the spiritual danger that they are in, the danger of hell, and about God's offer of peace and eternal life through Jesus Christ. That passage also talks about, that verse 14 also talks about, have, therefore one died for all, and therefore all died. That speaks of the participation we have in Christ's death and resurrection when we are united with him by faith. You can read more about this in the sixth chapter of Romans, which we won't take the time to read, but how we've died to sin and now live for righteousness. The fourth thing we see about uh, being an ambassador for Christ is the importance of getting to know the people around us. An ambassador is usually sent to a foreign place, a place that's not familiar. And we must uh, also begin to step out of the comfort zone of our little embassy here in the church, and, or our homeland here in the church, let's call it, and find out who the people are around us that God has sent us to share with and to, to be his ambassadors to. Let's look at uh, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. When we are living as Christ's ambassadors and are controlled by his love, we no longer see people the way the world sees them. We should focus on people's spiritual state, not their physical attributes, their status, their material possessions. When you look at a person, is one of the first things that come to your mind, do they know the Lord or not? That's kind of the perspective we need to get. It's not, man, that person has a lot of stuff or he's nice clothes on or looks great, but does he or she know the Lord? That's what it means when we have that mentality as Christ's ambassadors. Just as we see Jesus differently as his disciples 
than we did before we knew him personally, we should also have a new perspective on those around us. It's amazing how many gospel opportunities that the Holy Spirit reveals to us when we take time each day to pray for the lost people in our lives. You might say, well, I just don't have a chance to share with them. They don't really care. But when we pray every day, God will open up new conversations, new doors to share that we would never expect because we're sensitized to it, as Mary said, to be intentional about the idea of being his ambassadors. In a way, prayer helps us to see people from God's perspective instead of merely from a human perspective. And prayer unites us with God's heart for those around us. Let's look at verse 17. Many of you may have memorized this before, but it's a very powerful verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. When a person surrenders to Christ, the old life passes away and a new creature is born. This begins the process of sanctification. It's not the end of it. It's the beginning of it. And it helps us grow more like Jesus. And even as believers who've been a Christian for a long time, each day we must continue to grow closer to Jesus, to grow in our sanctification. And each day we should be different from the world because of what Jesus has done in our lives and the transformation that he has made in us. And our last uh, point about being Christ's ambassadors is simply to share the good news. You might have told that's where I was going with this all along, definitely. Uh, let's look back at verse 11 for just a second. It said, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. It's not wrong to try to share and appeal to someone, trying to persuade them to turn from their sins and trust Christ. We know that the Holy Spirit is the only one who can draw them to faith and make that work of transformation in their lives. But He uses us to help in that process. Somehow it's a mystery of how all this works in God's sovereignty, but God uses us to persuade people to share the word in a human, as a human agent, to be reconciled to him. We're trying to share and persuade people to do that. Let's look down in verse 18 now, in 18, first part of verse 19. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So we see here again that God was the initiator of this offer of peace to people, even though he was the offended party. That's not usually the way it works. Usually the person who offends someone is the one that goes back and asks for forgiveness and reconciliation. But in this case, God was the one offended, and yet he was the one that reached out and said, I want to make peace with these people who rejected me, who are my enemies. That is an amazing thing that was reiterated here. The concept of reconciliation involves bringing two hostile sides together and then uniting them in peace and friendship. 
That is what God did for us when he sent Jesus to make our punish, to take our punishment as a substitute. He said God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was involved all the way. It's his work, this work of salvation. And then let's look at the last part of verse 19 and into verse 20. He has committed to us the message or the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Think about it. Now we serve as God's spokespeople. Not the pastor, but every single one of us, the pastor as well, but every single one of us is a spokesperson for God in the world. He is making his appeal through you and through me to be reconciled to him. The Lord calls each of us to this task as his ambassadors. If we don't share this amazing message of how to have peace with God, those around us more than likely will remain his enemies and the objects of his righteous wrath. We need to be sharing the good news. He has chosen, this is his only plan of evangelism. Sending ambassadors into the world, sending his disciples to make other disciples. It's an amazing thing, but that's what he has chosen and his work will prevail. I've had the privilege many times of sharing the good news and making God's appeal to people from places like Villages in Africa or Asia, cities in Europe, and even my own neighborhood. And seeing the joy that comes when people put their trust in Christ, when the Holy Spirit does that work of turning on the spiritual light, turning them from darkness to light, and watching them to be born again. And then seeing how they go from being an enemy of God to his beloved child. Will the unbelievers in your life Hear God's plea for peace and reconciliation through you. We must each share God's merciful offer of forgiveness with them. If we don't share, we're failing in our job as Christ's ambassadors. Being ambassadors for Christ is a great privilege. Since we have been commissioned to represent Christ on earth, here's some specific things that we can do right now. You know that about this time last year, we as a church asked you and each person in the church to identify one person in your life who's an unbeliever to begin praying for and seeking opportunities to share Christ with. Who is your one? Did you, did you get that person? Could be any time within the past year, but we've they've called it as the denomination has an emphasis called who's your one? Now, it's very simple. We must begin being an ambassador to that one person, and not, that only, not only that person, but at least focusing on that person. If you've not identified one person in your life yet to pray for and to be a part of uh, sharing with, please do it today. We have some of these little bookmarks just across the hall, uh, the, the foyer, that'll help remind you, and they've got some little scriptures to pray through every day. And remember, as I said earlier, when you begin praying for opportunities each day, 
God will answer those prayers. It's amazing. When we are sensitive to what God wants to do through us, he will do his part and provide the opportunities. Also, probably earlier in the, the year 2020, in our Sunday school classes, we, we ask y'all to begin praying for these ones of all your different uh, members of your Sunday school class. Now, as we get back to Sunday school next Sunday, some of you are already back, of course, but as we all come back together next Sunday, I challenge you to reiterate this in your times together of praying for that one person in your life who needs to know, praying together and then rejoicing together, holding each other accountable to share with these friends, relatives, neighbors, and coworkers. And when we take time to pray, it, it bonds us together in this task and helps us to see that we're all ambassadors for Christ. As in any battle, the air assault is critical. In the spiritual world, we wage warfare through prayer. We must intercede for our lost ones and ask God to open their hearts to hear his good news. It's not enough just to think that that's our one. We have to pray for them. We have to let God soften the target, let God work in their lives and allow us to come in at just the right time as Mary shared earlier how uh, Paul was, was praying that in Ephesians chapter six, that uh, pray that we might proclaim it clearly and fearlessly and pray that God would open the door for us in our work. These past few months have caused many of us to become more isolated than ever before. However, God still wants us as his ambassadors to get his message out to those around us. The Great Commission's urgency compels us to find ways around social distancing to share the good news. Please take time, maybe even this week, to call or visit with your one. You might see them every day. You might never get to talk to them, but you can get a hold of them. Call them this week and just ask a simple question. Um, like this. How have the circumstances that we've all been through these past few months made you feel? A lot of times lost people will express things like worry, fear, concern, anger. But once they get their side of the story out, that gives you an opportunity to share the hope that's in you, to share why you don't fear death, to talk about how you've been able to handle this situation with peace because of the Lord in your life. Mary mentioned a moment ago, uh, 1 Peter 3, and I'd like to look at those verses in verse 14 through 16, where it says, uh, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence, and keep a good conscience so that in the thing which you, in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. So here he talks about being ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. 
That opens the door for the gospel in those conversations. Another thing you can do practically is to, even during this lockdown time, to walk through your neighborhood and pray for each family as you pass by their houses. Seek to engage in conversations with any neighbors who are outside. Ask neighbors if they need any help with anything or, or have any prayer needs. That will open up a door for spiritual conversations as well. We still have some of these little signs that we gave out earlier in the summer for our church that you can put in your front yard that says we're praying for our community. You can get one of those. That can begin a conversation. As Mary said, that uh, always carry a tract with you. We've got these tracts just across the, the hall as well where the bookmarks are. You can get as many of those as you need and will use to begin sharing. And that gives you an opportunity to leave them with someone when you don't have time for a full gospel presentation. We also have other places in our church of ministry like uh, International Friends that has a, an ongoing opportunity to talk with mostly lost people who barely speak English, but uh, you can minister to them. This year, it's going to be this fall, it's going to be online. But we need people that will help from right in the comfort of your own home to have conversations, English conversations with people, help them learn their English and begin sharing the gospel with them as well. You can contact me for more details if you're interested. As we close, finally, God has placed you where you are as his ambassador for a specific purpose. Your home, your office, it's a little embassy of heaven, of his kingdom. No one else has the same relationships that you do. We can't allow the devil to prevail during this pandemic by making us fearful or reluctant to share with our lost friends and loved ones. We just can't let it happen. Use every opportunity to let God speak through you as you reflect his glory and character to those around you. It's amazing to think that God uses us to make his appeal for reconciliation with the lost. Don't let God's loving appeals to be reconciled to him go unheard because you choose the sin of silence. Let his love compel you to overcome your fear and reservations to share the good news of salvation with those around you, especially to that one person in your life that you've targeted and whom God has laid on your heart. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being your ambassadors. I thank you for the great love that you've shown for us that traded our sinfulness for Christ's perfection. Lord, help that love to compel us, to burden us, to push us out into this world to, to be your ambassadors, to share the good news with those around us, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to our broadcast. To learn more about First Baptist Church in Keller, Texas, or to hear more sermons by Pastor Keith and our staff, visit us online at fbckeller.org.